0: My name's Karen Thomas, I'm 29 years old and I'm having a quarter life crisis. (coughs) Join me my friends as we observe, laugh and analyse the issues that we often feel defeated by as 20 to 30 something year olds. Get ready to learn more about this evolving milestone and most importantly, how to embrace the quarter life crisis. Hi and welcome to episode 6 of Embracing the Quarter Life Crisis, which is titled Here's the thing about pregnancy. First things first, I have some news for you guys. I am not pregnant, so don't be alarmed. It does feel like a long time since I recorded an episode and that's because I have been pretty busy with you know general work commitments life commitments and I've been on quite a bit of a journey for the last few weeks I'd say so much so that I will actually be um moving out of my current apartment and into a new one as of the 29th of August so I'm really really excited about that and it's going to mark actually 3 years of me being here in Melbourne, which I think is quite a significant milestone for me. So for the first time in three years, I'm going to be living on my own again. And I absolutely cannot wait. It's going to be absolutely fabulous. So as it stands here in my living room on the 1st of August, 2015, in a nutshell, I can say that I am currently loving my job. I'm very much so loving my friends and my friendships at the moment i'm very appreciative of those and i'm soon to be loving my new home now in retrospect there would have been a time when i actually would have consciously thought okay i have these three things surrounding me but they are not enough and in order to have it all i probably would have attached having a man in tow and having a baby in tow also because it was that time in my life which I've discussed time and time again in these episodes that along with the quarter life crisis seems to come this sense of pressure to want to have it all and having it all not only includes the job, the house, the friends but it also actually includes the man and the baby. So in saying that this afternoon I have my second ever guest on embracing the quarter life crisis and this particular guest i'm very much looking forward to speaking to in regards to her frankness her honesty and her experiences this young woman that i have with me here today i would say that she was my first part of call when i actually started working in my current school in melbourne I appreciate the time and advice that she has given to me over the past three years. She's someone who I will sporadically call and actually offload just about everything to this young woman, knowing full well that she will have the right things to say and have a complete compassion and understanding about where it is that I'm actually coming from. I admire her knowledge about the world and her little pockets of understanding from different people's perspectives to different people's views. She seems to have a grasp on a lot of social bearings in general, so you can have a conversation with her about politics, you can have a conversation with her about psychology, you can have a conversation with her about rap and she will fully engage and indulge you with those type of conversations so i absolutely love that about this young woman she is four foot eleven so i'm just trying to get you to picture this beautiful macedonian person who in every aspect of my life and i know in every aspect of her friends lives she's a very bold fun-loving character and she's a gorgeous friend and she even accompanied me to Millionaire Hot Seat. I'm very excited to talk to her. I love being around her because she's so easy to be around. And so that's why I'm very much looking forward to having her on the show. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my gorgeous and my beautiful friend, Ms. Leah Christou. Woo!
1: Woo. Yeah. Hello, thank you for such a wonderful introduction, Karen. No, worries. and I am five foot, just to clarify. Oh, you're
0: not, f- you're not four foot 11. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> how tall is four foot 11?
1: 150 centimeters, and you're and not- I'm 152.
0: Okay, okay, sorry, sorry about It's because you gave it me in centimeters, and I was like, I don't know how to work it out in centimeters. I'm too scared to tell you. Okay, so four foot, okay, regardless, still very cute in size, pocket <laughs> size. So, um. The reason why it was important for me to get Leah on this show was I feel that in a lot of the conversations that we've had, and I even said this in the introduction, there is this pressure and this urgency to kind of fall um, pregnant, be pregnant, have that 2.4 children, that happy family, that thing that everybody seems to be grasping for. And I actually believe that there are two sides of the coin to this particular story and before we actually get into that I just want to say or ask you because like I do with all the guests on my show I ask them for a quote that they can provide for me in terms of where they're currently at how that possibly could relate to the quarter life crisis or how it could possibly relate to your experience as a new mother so what would that quote for you be?
1: I've got two quotes, if you don't mind. No, I don't mind. Oh,
0: you yep. be greedy. It's okay. The fir-
1: yeah, the first quote is by Friedrich Nietzsche, and he's a German philosopher. And his quote was, there is no such thing as truth, only differing perspectives. And as a new mother, I've learned that that is really true. I throw out all the baby books, and I'm just doing it my way. Yeah. And my second quote, which stems from that, is just do what works. Just do what works. I think that's do what really works.
0: important because I think we're caught up And again, I'm not a mother, obviously, but um, I'm quite old school in my my own personal philosophy about motherhood, and I know that at times people get so stressed about it, and like you've just said, you know, you would have had all these books, you would have received all this information about what's right, what's not right, what you eat, what you don't eat, and I just go back to my own mother, and how she is today, and how I know she would have been back then, and I just know none of those things really existed, and... I suppose, I, like I said, I'm old school and I, and I have this, just do what works. So I think I can completely um, understand where you're coming from with that. So the first thing that I just kind of want to talk about, which is probably going to be slightly offset from the topic of motherhood and pregnancy per se, but in regards to the quarter life crisis in itself, and this shows a concept. Has there been a point where you feel like you would have identified with, with what, what we talk about on this show and the concepts and the ideas behind it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Having a new being in your life that requires 24-hour care with no breaks consumes you and it can consume your whole identity. And sometimes you can feel like you've lost your sense of self. It's like, am I Leah the teacher anymore? Or am I Leah the friend to these people anymore? Or am I just the mother? And it's really hard to kind of mesh all of them together yeah. because the mother is such a different person to me as a teacher and a friend. The me who was a teacher and the friend was a bit more easygoing, go with the flow, not so regimented, not into routine. Whereas with this child, it's okay, now it's nine o'clock, I have yeah. to put him to bed. <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing. And that. That's a personality shift for
0: me. Yeah, round the clock, constant routine. Yeah, I was not routined before I had a child. And so so in regards to um, you actually falling pregnant then, what were your plans? Because obviously I know for a lot of people, like we say, pregnancy is on the cards. You've been in a relationship now for 12 years, a very long-term relationship indeed. And so obviously within that, I'm going to assume that a talk, a conversation, a discussion on a regular basis would have come up in regards to pregnancy. What were your views prior to actually falling pregnant? What was your plan?
1: Yeah. So we've been together since, you know, early twenties up until now we're in our early thirties and about three, four years ago, we discussed having a family. And I was against it because I still wanted to sow my wild oats and travel, yeah. which I know now as a new mother, I know I can do that. But yeah. back then my mindset was, no, I need the freedom. I need to travel. I, I have a daycare background before I was a teacher. So I know exactly what kind of care young children need. Yeah. And I knew that I'd be burdened somewhat. <laughs> yeah. So, it's so I wasn't ready to be honest with you yeah. and it just happened. So we planned it, but not for right now.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I'll, I actually... It's interesting that you use the word burdened by it mm-hmm. because I think that's something that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable admitting or saying out loud that a child, um, you know, as much as it's this beautiful, beautiful creation, it can be um, a burden, you know, a huge burden. So you, you had your plan. Can you... Tell us about your not necessarily about your conception, but I, I quite like the sto- I like the story that, that comes with this in terms of how you found out because I have an interesting story which backs onto your story about how <laughs> we reacted to your pregnancy. When did all that happen and how what did that do for you mentally and how did you feel about that whole yep. thing? Well,
1: I I I went on year seven camp with school. I was expecting a visitor from Aunt Flo. Yeah. And she didn't arrive, so I was quite disappointed. But I didn't think anything of it yeah. because I've just been so sporadic yeah. physically, anyway, in that regard. So I just went with the flow, and I noticed on cam no
0: pun intended. <laughs> no,
1: I just noticed I was eating more than the kids, <laughs> and I just I had this insatiable hunger that would not go away. And then I got home, I started feeling a bit sick, and then I did a test. And it was like, oh, like, Jared was in the lounge.
0: <laughs> Good old Jared.
1: Yeah. And it was like, oh, it's positive. Woo! And that was it. And he just had the biggest grin on his face. Yeah. And what, what went through your mind at that point? This is so bizarre. But it was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for that now, I guess. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, because
1: you- I always had the idea... That I would not be able to conceive. I've, I saw two specialists yeah. that told me that I had significant um, issues with my ovaries. So it was really shocking, but it was good. I felt, and this is really candid, but actually felt like I was a proper, real woman yes. because I could actually conceive.
0: Of course. Yeah. And I understand that completely. Mm. And so, do you remember when you told us at work? Yes, I do. Okay. Now, the reason why I find this bit particularly hilarious was because Leah told us at work, I remember she walked into the office, it was early morning, she walked in, she goes, I've got something to tell you. (laughs) And a friend of ours, was it Kat? Yeah, a friend of ours says, you're pregnant, as you do, in a jokey kind of way. And Leah was like, "Yeah." And Kat probably would have been something like, shut the front door. Yeah, she was. (laughs) And we actually, I don't know if you know this, but we did not believe you for shit.
1: No, because Hannah (laughs) sent me a text message that said, thanks for that. Something about April Fool's Day. (laughs) Seriously,
0: because she told us this news on (laughs) April Fool's Day. So we all thought, she's having a laugh. She's actually joking. And we were not having a bar of it. And it took us a while to actually accept. Isn't that funny? It took us a long time to accept that our dear friend Leah was pregnant. And we have no idea why, even considering like, you've been in this relationship for 12 years. I think genuinely no one saw it on the cards.
1: I think it's ha- it's got a lot to do with me probably putting out outlandish statements, saying things like, <laughs> i don't ever want children (laughs) i want to travel that
0: kind of stuff yeah just those minor comments yeah that maybe obviously gave people a different perspective on where you were coming from Mm. so yeah i i found that in itself so when we all found out and how we all reacted and then even off the back of that so it and again i'm not going to bring this to me but i think this is important that i share this share this with you and this I'm in a very different space now and I'll talk about this kind of you know as we as we go on um but at that time I would have been well into the thick of I think my quarter life crisis and those emotions and those feelings that I have and I have always had a very strange aversion to pregnancy to other people's pregnancy it's it's very strange, and let me just before i tell you the story about like my response to you which i'm sure you'll probably even remember somewhat Mm -hmm. i remember being 13 years old and walking to school with my friend at the time my best friend and her telling me that her mother was pregnant and i cried as a 13 year old i cried because her mother was pregnant and i've tried to analyze if anyone feel feel free to analyze me i'm i'm very much open to psychoanalysis i I try to do it on myself constantly (laughs) and i sometimes come up with a good and sometimes i i get to a dead end but i basically cried i was very upset to the point where i was trying to convince my best friend to convince her mother to give the baby to my mother <laughs> <laughs> to give the baby to my mother so my mother could adopt her her potential brother or sister so stuff like that, I always think back and I think uh, that's not normal behaviour like, <laughs> like now, even now I kind of get why I would feel that sense of kind of unease or or jealousy but as a 13 year old what a 13 year old's got no business thinking like that <laughs> Do you know what I mean? it's, it's very very strange and so when you told me that you were pregnant this is what it meant to me and what I did I actually ended up writing in my diary I think I'd spoken to you on the I think I'd spoken to you in the day and so on the 1st of April 2014 I'm not going to read all of it because it is quite personal and it's interesting that I'm even sharing this with you but I want to because I think it blends in quite well to everything that we're talking about so the 1st of April 2014 I wrote so Leah's pregnant and I'm down about it so much so that I've actually just told her that what's wrong with me my Pandora's box seems to be getting deeper and deeper and I need to get out of it honestly speaking I feel like I need therapy and I know that that does sound very dark and very depressing but truth be told this is my diary and that's how I felt and I don't know I I don't know if it's because I have these obsessive attachments to my friends I don't know if it's because I feel like i don't want you to leave me and as soon as you're going to get a new life that to me signifies some kind of cut off period but there is something about when your friends um fall pregnant there's a massive shift and rather than me concentrating on what that means to me i think there's a flip side so it's one thing me being very upset and feeling disconnected from from my friends, but I think there's another story to tell, and I just want to know from your experience how does that work for you in terms of the connection with your friends and any possible disconnect that you feel, whether that was during your pregnancy, whether that was post-pregnancy, whether that's current day. Um, yeah, I've struggled. A little bit throughout pregnancy
1: with similar feelings that you've had about my pregnancy as well I think we felt the same way <laughs> yeah. about the pregnancy <laughs> I wasn't ready for it however it's it's I've had dualistic feelings because I wasn't ready for the pregnancy yet I embraced it and I don't know if that's hormonally related yeah. but it happened I think the hardest thing for me was losing my identity as I kind of touched on before
0: yeah because you've got a very strong anyone who knows you yeah. Notice that Leah Christie has a very strong identity and mm. it, I think even for you, it, it must be for you to actually say to yourself that you feel like you, you lost that, that must be a very scary Yeah, thing. As
1: someone who's highly extroverted, yeah, I love being around my friends. Yeah. I love getting up and seeing where the day is going to take me on the weekend. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. So I've had to adjust to that. Yeah. However, um, it's 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 really hard to explain, actually. But I'm actually really impressed with, and not impressed—that's not the right word, because it sounds like they should. I'm actually really surprised and delighted with the amount of people that have
0: stuck around. So, how many people would you say didn't stick around? Roughly, if you was to, or or is it by saying that alone? Do you think that will isolate Four people? Five. Four or five.
1: Yeah. four or five that I cared enough about to not do that to me
0: yeah and you yeah. and you was explaining then about being on different terrain yeah so what what does what does that mean to you when you talk about being on different terrain and try to explain where you're at now what
1: what it means is
0: that they're
1: climbing the mountain and I'm in the ocean two different surfaces, yeah. and we can see each other and we can communicate But we're not standing in the same place, and we have to do different things. So I just feel like I'm not me anymore, and they're getting to know a new me. Yeah. And being extroverted for me, highly extroverted, I put the new me out there. Yeah. And I'm getting mixed reactions about the new me because they want the old me, and I'm not the old me anymore. Even though there's snippets of the old me still coming out, it's I'm like beyond sleep deprived. That's a factor. Yeah. Um. I'm very, very routine,d which I never used to be. Yeah. That's a factor. I've realised that things I used to care about, I don't care about anymore because I don't have time to. Yeah, I've got to focus my attention on this this nine month old child. Yeah, I don't have time for trivial things. Yeah, so a lot it of them puts, don't... it puts
0: things into perspective, doesn't it? Massively. Yes, I think yeah. in terms of the things that we think are worthy of getting worried about getting stressed about and in a weird way i don't know why this is just coming to my head but i was thinking this sounds a bit deep now but i think you get the same thing because we're talking about life yes and how new life gives you perspective death does the same thing do you know what i mean yeah and it's just interesting that in between those things we get caught up in so much shit yeah so much shit that doesn't really matter and, yeah. it's, and it's at the two very far ends of the spectrum where we actually start to contemplate how the stuff in the middle doesn't matter and I think if we yeah. were closer to one or the other I think we would realize that you know there are more significant things in life and
1: yeah yep and I've got another quote for you
0: I'll go on three yeah Leah. Well, I'm an English teacher come on oh go on
1: the quote is worrying. And stressing about today's problem ruins tomorrow's peace. Yeah, and thinking about the triviality and the bullshit of some of the things that my friends are going through, (laughs) and that is harsh. And I am going to put it out there Um,
0: does not compare does
1: not compare to a child that just doesn't sleep. Yeah, I've had to prioritize what I care about. Yeah, whereas I, I was the person before the me before would bend over backwards to help my friend stress, and um, cry herself to sleep every night about the car that she wanted to buy. That's not me. I'm just
0: putting that out there. <laughs> no, it's not you. <laughs> but that's just me now. Just putting it out there. Like yep.
1: It's like I have a sorting CPU in my brain. Yeah. It's like, not relevant, not yeah. relevant, not relevant. Good. Yes, Compact, that's relevant.
0: Compartmentalize and
1: prioritize. Yeah. And I just, for any if any friends of mine are listening to this, you are valued. Yeah. Um, and it's not coming across probably the way i'm hoping that it does but i've just had to put the child first yeah
0: and i think Mm. i think your friends know that i think your friends know that they are valued but i'll just say as well i hope you know that you're also valued and like you said it's about that now meeting in the middle yeah and about perspectives and Mm. trying to see a world from a different perspective yeah rather than Um. just your own
1: yeah, I've had friends get upset with me because I can't go out somewhere mm. and they get frustrated and I get passive aggressive behavior. Yeah. And it's normally I'd be really stressed about that. Now I'm like, well, I it's, don't have time to care. I don't have the emotional yeah. ability to care about that. It is what
0: it is. Yeah. You know, I just don't have the patience. No, it is. It's by all accounts that it, it's a challenge and it's never, I don't think anything that is so amazing and so beautiful, was ever going to be designed to be easy. I just, I think that's how I see it. Mm. But yeah, nonetheless, you have a beautiful new life. And I love the new you. And I still pick up the bits of the old you. And I can still tell where the bits of the new you feed into it. Mm. But I think that doesn't take away anything from you as a person. Because you're still, you're still Leah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think the
1: best thing about being a mother is my time that I do get now is so precious and valuable. And the people who are there to share it with me are, are so, they're so special to me. Yeah.
0: yeah. And they have a lot of significance, I can imagine. Yeah. So, and you've touched on some of these things already. Baby Alex. Yep. At nine months old. Mm-hmm what has he taught you he has taught me to go with the flow
1: he has taught me to relax and stop stressing about every little thing that he does the first six weeks of his life were a blur and a haze just for some context um, he doesn't sleep very often so sounds like a baby yeah 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 he doesn't sleep very often you know he's he's a bubbly happy vibrant child yeah
0: with his who, mother's giggle
1: yeah and he's so alert yeah he doesn't want to miss out on things so he doesn't sleep he sounds so <laughs> much like me it's not funny but he's taught me that he's taught me that there's no such thing as true love until you have a child oh. there really isn't he's also taught me that you just you just have to do what works for you yeah yeah throw away the books Throw away the articles. Don't listen to people. Individualise the way you
0: parent. Excellent. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I love mm. the idea of the, the true love thing. Yeah. Because I think a lot of my friends, again, would um, resonate with that quite clearly mm. in terms of that moment when you actually give birth and you look into your baby's eyes or even just hold them or hear them. Mm. I don't think that's something that can really be fully described unless unless you go through it
1: yeah I I didn't because I had a cesarean um I didn't experience birth naturally yeah however when I first saw him he wasn't what I expected in what way he looked like an alien I don't know if it's because he was little or yeah he didn't look the way I dreamed and pictured while I was pregnant I had so many recurring dreams of this is what he will look like and he wasn't that and I actually found it hard to bond with him for a couple of days so when I when he grew on me appearance wise, yeah. then the love happened. Isn't that funny? Do you yes. know what?
0: Do you know what? I'd, like this is a random question, but I've yeah. always wondered. So you say he looked like an alien, and yeah. you couldn't make that. You couldn't make that immediate connection. I've always wondered. Do you? Do you think it's a common thing for you to look at your child and be quite bedazzled, but not necessarily in that lovey dovey? kind of wink and fear to be almost standoffish yes
1: yeah yeah definitely yeah especially when he's exhibiting behavior that you don't understand that like you don't oh you don't like yeah it's like <laughs> you've slept you're clean yeah. Yeah. you're dry you're, you're not hungry <laughs> what on earth
0: what do you want from me yeah <laughs> yeah that's quite funny um you are looking amazing and oh, i've thanks. said this to you and I am saying it from an objective point of view. Leah's on this mad mission <laughs> to get back to I used to, well, every time I used to see her at school, I used to go, hey, Slim Jim. <laughs> and I think she's really taken that to heart because she's on a mission mm. to get to Slim Jim status. But I think she's doing a fantastic job nine months on. Um, and we were talking earlier about what's helping you. So now we're in this situation. Now I think you've come to a point where you have embraced motherhood and i think you look like you've embraced motherhood i think you speak like you've embraced motherhood and it's not a new concept to you you are learning and you're grown with this what has what's helped you with that a
1: couple of things exercise has yeah. helped me it's really good for your mental health yeah it's really good when you're sleep deprived actually to move
0: yeah
1: um, i've got a brilliant mothers group so we live locally there's about 12 of us i think we catch up regularly. We're going through the same hurdles. Great sounding boards. Yeah. Really brilliant people. Um, empathy, empathy, empathy. Yes.
0: And fun. Yeah. So and I love the sound of that. And I love the yeah. sound of the, when you were talking about the social interactions that yeah. you have with these people. So it's not solely about being mothers. It's actually about going out there and working out. It's actually about having a Saturday night together where you can have a drink. It's about, mm. like you said, having a soundboard for when things are going yeah, are getting a bit stressful for you. And what's the name? This is for anyone listening who feels like they can identify with Leah, even if it's just a smidgen. What's What's the name of this group that you're on, or that you do you know the you've got a mother and baby group? What's the name of it?
1: So we're called Summer Bubs 2014, and we have a play group, and we meet every Wednesday. But I can call them. I can call any
0: of them any day of the week and go over there if I'm feeling down that's brilliant and Mm. just again for people listening is it something that are they are you open for new mothers to come into that group um well (laughs) 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 no okay (laughs) this is my space (laughs)
1: well we are we're already pretty big but i mean (laughs) if there's any local mums in the area we're pretty friendly (laughs) I don't believe you,
0: <laughs> liar. <laughs> <up. laughs> no, I am only joking. <laughs> okay, so um, what's the Facebook group? Or is that is that one in the same? Is that the same group, or did you have a separate?
1: No, on Facebook, I yes. was a member. I am a member of about four or five online Facebook mothers' forums, yeah, closed groups on Facebook where you can post any question, such as help. My child is getting up every hour. What can I do to save my sanity? Yeah, so. I'm one of, a member of one of the biggest ones in the country, 8,000 members, strong. And what's that one called? Save Our Sanity, Mums Connecting With Ooh. Mums.
0: Yep. Save Our Sanity. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um,
1: it's huge.
0: Yeah. But
1: it's, it's such a welcoming space yeah. for, for, for new mothers and parents and, ex- and really experienced mums. And it's just really helped me. Before I met Mother's Group, I only met them when Alex was 13 weeks old yeah. because of the council, but I had the online forums and I was hearing from mums helping me through yeah. since he was born.
0: So That's amazing. And I yeah. think more so because – and I think that's one thing because I had a bit of a rant about social media the other, mm. the other week. But, but connections like that, what are meaningful and have – purpose i don't think we can ever underestimate the power of that kind of group and that kind of community because i think it does so much for us and especially when you do feel like you you're on a different level or a different page to your friends who are not necessarily in that same boat at that moment in time i think it's so important and despite the fact that i had a big go at the use of social media it's not all hit hit hit. I just I'm just not into the irrelevance of social yeah. media, so to speak. But that's not the case for a lot of yeah. A lot well, of people. I was ready. I
1: was ready to delete my Facebook account, and I've had my issues also with social media, uh, especially Facebook's really low community standards. But yeah. that's a topic for another
0: day. <laughs>
1: um, so
0: I was ready I'll to refer can it. To that it. later on, actually. But yeah, yeah, I was
1: ready to can it, and then I was just seeking support and I found it yeah
0: and that's good Mm. to hear well I think um I've got out of Miss Christou everything that I feel like I wanted to get out of Miss Christou. you've been a fabulous host I think you're doing an amazing job and I want you to always remember that like you said you have people around you and you've got people who are there for you and who are always going to be there for you to support you through this. So, and I'm saying this from my point of view as well like, I'm not going to be a stranger. And I think it's important for me to sometimes jump out of my own space of, um, I feel disconnected from you. And going back to again what Ronan said a few, because Leah, you know Ronan, mm. what Ronan said a few months ago about this, this the notion of compassion. And for a moment, just stepping out of your shoes and stepping into somebody else's and not necessarily thinking that the grass is always greener um, and that they don't need you anymore because they've got this new setup. We I think if everyone's always so consumed from where they're coming from, that's what creates this disconnect and, and people start passing each other and it becomes a bit of a sliding doors thing. So I want to thank you wholeheartedly, Leah, for taking time out of your busy 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 schedule in relation to being a partner in relation to being a mother and actually spending the time and and being a fabulous friend to me and coming on the show today so thank you so much thank you so much for having me it's a privilege so if there is anything that either myself or Leah has spoken about today especially if you are Um, a new mum because I think it's quite important to hear hear the voice sometimes because I don't think we always get to hear the voice. So even if it was just a smidgen of something that was said today, please feel free to contact me. You can email me at eqlc at outlook.com. You can join the Facebook group, which is Embracing the Quarter Life Crisis. You can follow me on Instagram at embrace the qlc or you can send me a tweet at eqlc so for now i'm gonna leave it there thank you very much for listening and hopefully i will speak to you all again very soon until then bye